Hello, Texans, and welcome to the show that takes you inside NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you tonight, and so much to go over. Really looking forward to the season camp opening a week from Thursday. That just sounds so soon because it is. Obviously, big news today, I guess around the league nationally. I don't think anyone was really expecting anything to get done today, but the news that the franchise tag deadline had passed in order to negotiate a deal with your tagged player. Obviously, Jadeveon Clowney has the tag on him. No deal announced, so we move forward. Clowney still under that tag for the Houston Texans. We'll see how that plays out going forward. We've been talking about this all offseason long. I don't think there's anything more to add tonight on that, other than that the deadline has passed. So let's just keep it going. It's an exciting time because a couple of teams are reporting this week. This is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot mm-hmm. it's this week. Yeah. I've been so focused on us starting on the 25th, I forgot about what everybody else is reporting. Yeah, the Hall of Fame teams. Falcons. Denver. Oh, Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver. Uh, yeah, they're yeah reporting this week. How about that? Oh, it's here, Mark. It's here. Yeah, Denver and Atlanta. They are the two that are going to be in the Hall of Fame game in Cannes, so they get to report this week, right? Well, here. you get some time because uh, you get two weeks before your first preseason game. The Hall of Fame game is now a Thursday night game. Teams love these Thursday night starts to mm-hmm. the preseason. I haven't checked everybody's schedule, but I would bet so many teams, maybe the majority, are playing Thursday night because you get to start camp early. That's like correct. I said, you get to start it two weeks before your first preseason tilt. Why not start camp early? Coaches love this. You can always throttle back, give them a few days off along the way, but they want to see them ASAP and get coaching. All right, let's get to work here as we got a lot to get to. Madden rating fallout. That's happening tonight. Oh, yeah. Trevor Daniel, as we'll talk special teams. The putter who won the job last year, beating out Shane Leckler. Let's talk to him. We heard some of that before, but I want to hear some of it tonight. And let's start off here. A lot of talk about the AFC South, a lot of talk about projections. All the preseason mags have come out. If you still read magazines, you see in your supermarket, wherever fine magazines are sold, your preseason mags. You see all the predictions out there on the websites, people predicting where these teams are going to finish, who's going to make the playoffs, who's in, who's out. Well, never mind who's in and who's out, although we'll mind it for sure as the season continues. But, Johnny, the AFC South, we say it's the toughest division in football. I've got two questions for you. Okay. In no particular order. Is it the toughest division in football? And if it's not, what's tougher or what comes close? And another question for you, again, in no particular order, these two. Mm -hmm. What record is it going to take to win the AFC South? Because a lot of people are picking the Colts. Some people are picking. I saw the Jags getting picked in one uh, semi-notable website Hmm. projection. But. Some people are picking the Texans, I'm sure. Some people are, I don't know if anybody's picking the Titans, but hey, why not? They finished with winning records last couple of years and had that playoff run two years ago. Why not? I guess you can build a case for anybody. But what record is it going to take to win the AFC South? So tackle one of those first. Okay, let's let's start with the toughest division in football. Mm-hmm. I, I think... I think the AFC South is as tough as it gets. Now, somebody did a ranking. It may have been DJ. Maybe have been Daniel Jeremiah was ranking the divisions. Yep. I think that a lot of people will say the AFC West because you've got Chiefs and you've got Chargers. Now, you've got Raiders and Broncos. So, if you just matched up, if you just matched up Chiefs Chargers with Texans and Colts and then you matched up the Raiders and the Broncos with the Jags and the Titans – 
I think you would end up coming out of there three and one. Mm. I think you would come out of there three and one or two and two at at worst. But I can see why the Chiefs went to the AFC Championship game last year and the Chargers got throttled in the divisional round to the Patriots. I mean, who didn't? Get throttled by the Patriots, in but the you're projecting a lot in the Raiders here, right? Well, yeah, I, you're when you're saying the AFC West is better in the South, you're saying yes, the Raiders are going to take a step, or you're thinking that at some point because of Joe Flacco stepping in in Denver, Denver's had subpar quarterback play the last couple of years. That's been the difference. Okay, Denver is going to be a team that steps back up. I I just think that's I, I think the Texans Colts are closer to the Chiefs and Chargers than people think. And I think that the Titans and Jags are better right now than the Raiders. Just thinking about – I thought about this when I was doing um, – I did this uh, when I, with you the other day. Like, who do you take off of certain teams? Yeah. And I got to the Raiders, and I was like, who do you take off other than Antonio Brown? Like, I know the Raiders are going to be a good team. They're going to be better. But who do you take off outside of Antonio Brown? So that still tells me, okay, you're, you're lacking there. Denver's defense is going to – Denver's going to be like Jacksonville. So I could see them being being pretty similar, but Jacksonville's got some holes to fill, and that leads me to the AFC South. I I think ten and six is going to get this division this year. See, I I agree. I think ten and six is a pretty quote safe bet to get the division. Eleven and five won it last year. Yep. You had three winning teams. If right. you have three winning teams again, there's no way you're going to have a twelve and four, thirteen and three in no. there. I think uh-uh. so. You could say yeah, ten and six makes sense because the Jags should be better. I think your four teams are going to be within three games of one another. I think you're going to have a ten and six. I think you'll have two nine and sevens, and I think you're going to end up having a seven and nine, or maybe even eight eight. I think it, it it's wow. a salty division from that perspective. That I don't know. I mean, the Titans, the Titans own the Jags. They own the Jags. The Texans and Colts have split. They they split other than seventeen when everybody was was dead seemingly. They've split games. Yeah, we've won there. They've won here. We've split games, and then obviously made the playoffs for the first time last year, where the Colts ended up winning that. But I'm I just think you, it's going to be a division where you're not where the champion and the floor, the, the the ceiling and the floor are not that far apart. If everybody stays healthy enough, Johnny, I think nine and seven can win the division. I think it's going to be that tough. That kind of a I think the game. outside the division schedule is that tough. Mm-hmm. Now, to your point, eight and eight was once last place yeah. in the division. That was the Texans in 2007. Yep, They earned an 8-8 eight and eight record, and it was good enough for last place. My goodness, it's tough to even go 8-8 eight and eight in this league. And last in your division, AFC South was balling back then. That was the year Jacksonville beat Pittsburgh twice, including once in the playoffs on the road. That was the year that uh, I guess the Titans went to the playoffs at 10-6 and six with Vince Young, and the Colts were the Colts with Peyton Manning. Yeah, the Titans ended up losing to... The Titans ended up losing to the Patriots, I believe, in that play. I thought it was San Diego, but oh, no, no, I could no, no. you're be right, wrong. San Diego. That you're was right. Vince Young. I was thinking oh four. Oh four okay. the Titans lost to the to the Patriots. You're right. All right. Uh but before I get back to that, and I know we're kinda of bouncing around here, I had to address your division situation. Yeah. Because Greg Rosenthal wrote something back in June, way back in June. He had the AFC South ranked fifth. Fifth. NFC North was the first. The NFC North, I, I, I listen. You're to me. If you're going with the NFC North, you're banking on a couple things. Number one, okay, the Packers are just going to get back because it's, it's going to be that easy. It's Aaron Rodgers. A lot of this is brand back. name recognition. I know, I know, but you're also banking on the Bears being as good as the Bears were last year. Yeah, even though they've lost Vic Fangio, I'm not a huge believer, and I have not been a huge believer of Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So 
where are you going to generate even more offense? Where are you going to squeeze more orange juice out of the, the orange? So I don't know. You're also banking on the Lions being better than than what they've been. That you're you're banking on them taking another step. They're more disciplined under Patricia, whatever it is. And then you're saying, essentially, if you're saying it's the NFC North, you're saying, oh, the Vikings are going to come. I'll I'll say this. There isn't there isn't a, the NFC North doesn't scare me at all. I wish we were facing off at the NFC North this year. Well, I th- I think it's a tough division. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as tough as the AFC South. You can't tell me that – I bet the top two teams in the AFC South finish with better records than the top two teams in the NFC North. I'll tell you, I would swap. I would swap right now, all day, every day. I would swap the NFC South for the NFC North. I There are some teams in the NFC South that I just said. I, I don't – the NFC North doesn't scare me. Like, I'll go, I'll go face any of Even those Even if teams. you're replacing, I don't know who you'd project to finish last. Let's say it's the Lions. It doesn't, doesn't matter. If I'm facing right, if the you're NFC the Texans North, and you can – you can move yourself to the NFC North and replace the Lions. So you have to face the Packers, Vikings, and Bears two games each. You'd rather do that than face the AFC South this year no, the rest of the season. No, no, no. I don't know. No, I'm saying I would rather be the Texans and face the NFC North. I'd rather, oh, oh, I I'd see. Rather go, cause we'll the do NFC that, South. Because we'll do that in 2020. We'll go okay. to Chicago. We'll go to Detroit, play Green Bay and Minnesota here. Yeah. So I would much rather do that this year than have to go to New Orleans, go to Tampa, play Carolina Atlanta here. Wow, Green Bay I think if you're going to talk about the best division in football, I think the NFC South could be scary. Okay, NFC South, he has ranked third. Rosenthal has the AFC North second. Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. There's that Browns on paper, good team yeah. stuff rising up again. How can you have – well, I'm I guess – Cincinnati. We've, we, we've talked a lot about the AFC North because that's the division in right. the AFC. The Texans are playing. The AFC South is playing. And the Bengals – oh, no, no, it's not the well, division. We played West. But I, we talk about the AFC North a lot because the Texans are playing the Ravens right. and the Colts are playing the Steelers, and we've talked about the rest. And we've wondered if the Bengals are better than the Jags. And I don't think no so. No With way. Nick Foles around, I don't think the Bengals are better than the Jaguars. No, so I don't, I don't know how so. you rank them ahead. Oh, then he's got the NFC West – Rams, Seahawks, I got it. 49ers with Garoppolo, okay. Cardinals, though, that's a lot to put on them. You're projecting, A, that Garoppolo comes back healthy. And, look, Deshaun proved last year, coming off an ACL tear, that you can do historic things if you've got weapons around. And, look, Garoppolo's got George Kittle. He's got Marquise Goodwin. He's got Dante Pettis, who at the end of the year started started to really show himself. But we still don't know exactly what Garoppolo can do for 16 games. I mean, we've only seen him for a handful. When we saw him here, we know he's legit. But I think the Niners could be scary. I think the NFC West could be a surprise division from that perspective. I think the Cardinals will be better. They'll be explosive offensively. I don't know defensively if they're all there yet. But they had a bunch of free agent acquisitions on the defensive side of the ball. But I think the NFC West is salty. But I think Seattle comes back to the pack a little bit. I think Seattle comes back to the pack a little bit. You're giving a lot to Kyler Murray in his rookie year. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be 9-7. You said they could be explosive offensively. Well, yeah, the Texans were explosive in 2010 and went 6-10. I know, but I think the Texans and maybe the Chiefs, although Mahomes, it was his second year where he blew up. He didn't even play in his first year, played one game. I get it. But I think Watson's success helped a guy like Kyler Murray get drafted number one overall. I don't think there's any question. And look, in that year that Deshaun was a rookie, say Deshaun stays healthy throughout 2017. And you and I have done this exercise. They they probably go 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, I mean, it was not the easiest schedule in the world. No, they were 3-4 and 
four when he went out. They right? were three and four when he went out. So they were three and four, about to face the Colts at home with Jacoby Brissett. I like my chances in that game. I, we talked about it before. I like my chances in that one, the Titans mm-hmm. on the road. Yep. Because uh, you blew them out at home yep. that year. The Niners the, at home. The Ravens on the road. That was a close game. Yep. What else? What Colts else? at home. Colts, Colts on the road. Colts on the road. Another close game. Yeah. That's four right there. Mm-hmm. So you're up to seven. You're and look, uh, you beat Arizona anyway, so that's that's one of your wins. Forty ers You had the lead against them yeah. with TJ, and then yeah. he went out. Oh, wait a minute, did he come in in that game? Savage went out against. Uh, boy, I'm getting him confused. Yeah, Savage now. got the concussion in the Niners game. Then TJ came in. Yeah. Okay. You weren't going to beat the Jags that year because the Jags down in Jacksonville just they were on a roll. And Pittsburgh on Christmas would have been a that tough, would have been tough. It would have been a tough go, but it was fourteen nothing. TJ was driving to put him, you know, within seven, and of course that didn't go in right before half. But either way, the point being with that is that would have been as fun an offense to watch all year. Yeah, but you had lost Watt, you had wa- lost Clowney, you were not great in the secondary. You were going to see a lot of games that like the Cardinals are going to play this year. Yeah. The Cardinals are going to play a lot of games this year that are going to be thirty eight, thirty five. They're going to put up some points. They have too much firepower offensively. Yes, I know it's Kyler Murray. Like I get it, but you're you throwing, might be right. You're throwing a Christian Kirk. You got David Johnson in the backfield. You still got Larry Fitzgerald. You drafted Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler. You've got weapons, so they'll win some games. But it's not going to be. They're not going nine and seven. But they could be seven and nine, six and ten, and still be fun to watch. And be fun to watch, right? It's kind of like the Rockets with Russell Westbrook. I don't know if that makes them a championship team, but they're going to be fun, <laughs> to, watch. fun to watch. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it gives them a shot. Right. They got a shot, no doubt. I yeah. think they had a shot before that acquisition. At that at, at that point, in 2017, with the team that went to Seattle and played right. Seattle, I would, against any team in the league, that team had a chance to win no matter what. Now, could they have were they were going were they going to go 13 and 3, 16 and 0 that year whatever? No, but that team because you had four playing at that level and you had Will Fuller right. and you had at least on the defensive side, you had Clowney and B-Mac and Zach, you had some dudes over there yep. enough that you could have stayed in every game. That's the way I think the Cardinals will be. I think the Cardinals will be in every game, but they're not ready to kind of push it over the edge yet. Oh, boy. We're going to be following that little prognostication with great interest as the season That's continues. Fine. I'm and fine with, with that. Why not? I mean, it's almost football season. I'm so fired up for this. Okay, the schedules of the opponents. What record is it going to take to win the division? We'll go over some of it next. Also, the Madden rating fallout. Teams around the league, and I say teams are reacting. Not just players, but teams are reacting on behalf of their players, sort of. It's Texans Radio. Ten days until training camp. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Texans All Access in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. All right, let's continue with the conversation. We were talking about what kind of record it might take to win the AFC South. All these preseason predictions are out there. And, Johnny, if people are picking the Colts, and I understand, look, this is a team that beat the division winners in the playoffs on the road. Yeah. Impressive, no doubt. But something you brought up last week piqued my interest here. And we've been talking about how the schedule's playing out for them, although I didn't go over the order so much. I just knew, yeah. all right, you're playing the Steelers on the road. The Texans play the Ravens in the AFC North. Stuff like that. Of course, they're going to play all the NFC South teams, and they'll play the same teams on the road yes. that the Texans are. They're going to play the Saints on the road and the Buccaneers on the road. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. Yeah. When you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, they'll play them on the road. I like that a lot. 
I like that they play the Chargers on the road. In fact, they open up against the L.A. Chargers. How about that? I said L.A. Uh, September 8th, that'll be their opening tilt. They'll be at the Titans, so they're road, road to open the season. Then they've got the Falcons at home, and that is no gimme. Newly agreed to with a contract, Grady Jarrett. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. Third highest defensive tackle, third third highest paid defensive tackle in the league. Yeah, third highest paid in the league. I I shouldn't say third highest, third highest paid defensive tackle in the league. Thank you. Now, according to Madden, Mm -hmm. he is the, oh, I don't know, I think he's like the 20th rated. Oh, we'll get to them in a moment We'll get to them a little bit. Yeah, he's the 20th rated defensive lineman Mm -hmm. uh, behind a, a few names that you know, including uh, one J.J. Watt, who's a 97 rating. Uh, but it's, you know, with boy, when you think about this schedule, I think some of it comes down to, okay, well, the teams you play, like Kansas City, we talked about this a little bit. What, when, and how many games does Tyreek Hill miss? Well, it doesn't matter because if he misses – if he misses six games, he misses both the Colts and the Texans game. Right. So there's that. Now, some games there will be, you know, some injury situations against New Orleans early in the year. You'd think you're going to be full go, ready to go. Everybody's on the field, and away you go. So the Texans are going to get the Saints full throttle, but the Colts end up getting New Orleans, I think, later in the year. I think in December, potentially. Is that what it is? They play New Orleans back then, or, or later in the season. So you may face a different New Orleans team. Yep. Maybe there's a, a key injury uh, that they're dealing with that, okay, the Texans got to face Alvin Kamara, but uh, Alvin's banged up at the end of the year and the Colts don't have to face right. him. Right. So, things change. Yeah, things change. So it's, But it's the same schedule with that one, the, the two-game caveat, and that is Colts play at Pittsburgh, Miami at home, Texans play at Baltimore, Patriots at home. And I, I think that's sort of a wash because – I think I'd rather face Baltimore. I'd rather face Miami, and each team gets one of the two teams I'd rather not face. So uh, it's going to be tough, regardless. They got to go to Ball. They got to go to Pittsburgh. We got to go to Baltimore, and the home game we get is is New England. So it is. I mean, it's almost you know green apples to green apples, not just apples to apples. It's almost green apples to green apples. It's that close. It's just a matter of when you play some of those teams, but. You know, Tennessee and, and Jacksonville got to play a similar schedule too, except that they're going to get those teams. You know, the Chargers and the Chiefs, you think, are the cream of the crop. They get the, those teams at home. So they get the cream of the crop at home. They get uh, New Orleans at home. Now they got to go to Atlanta and to Carolina. I, I think, as we talked about in the first segment, the I think the NFC South is just, I think it's salty. It's so tough. It is so tough because you're facing Drew Brees, Super Bowl MVP, Cam Newton, 2015 league MVP. You're facing uh, Matt, Ryan. Matt Ryan, 2016 uh, league MVP. And then you're facing James Winston, who should have a bounce back year with Bruce Arians. He should. He should be pretty desperate in a contract yeah, year. They could be a very better. tough out. He better. So I think the NFC South is going to be pretty tough. Now, I think you'll be able to score on Tampa Bay. Point being, everybody's got to play that schedule in the in the AFC South. And then, obviously, you got to take on each other. And if the division is what we say it is, it's going to be a bloodbath each time the Colts, the Jags, the Texans, and the uh, Titans get on the field with one another. I'm surprised that they didn't give the Texans and the Colts a late-season game. The latest you play yeah. them is going to be on November 21st, on right? Thursday. Yeah, that's going to be a Thursday night game. Jeez. So they, they sort of changed the formula. Remember in 2012 when the Texans played the Colts 
here in December, mm-hmm. and then week 17. This year it was we're getting the yeah. Titans in week 15 yep. and then getting them back here in week 17. So it's almost like there's kind of this rotation going on with the schedule where you're going to play a division team twice in the last couple weeks of the year, and this year it just happens to be the Titans instead of the Colts. I, you know, as it pertains to the Colts, and I was I was – I went back and I watched. Well, I'm not. I don't know if I should really say what I've been doing, but I went back and watched portions of the three Colts games, and I don't know. There's. I I can't wait to play them again. I just can't wait to play them again. Well, you saw, and and you and I were going over this before the show, that there were opportunities in that playoff game that they just didn't capitalize on. And not just not just the not just the playoff game, but in the two regular season games too, Mm -hmm. especially in in week four. And I know the, the Texans scored 37 points and won that game, um, scored 31. In but there were other opportunities they but didn't capitalize other, on? There were other opportunities to capitalize. And, look, every, every team can say that, but there are some that are wide-open opportunities. And in the playoff game, there was one in particular late in the game that could have been a could have been a huge, huge play. Would have made it a lot closer, put would've it that made, way. Would have made it a lot closer. Um, but the Colts played great team defense that day. They played great team defense. They did not give the Texans a lot of advantages or, or, or a lot of looks mm-hmm. and a lot of opportunities. But there there were times that plays that could have happened for the Texans that day. You make one play, you get it within seven points of the fourth quarter. And, you know, who knows what happens at that right. point? You know, playing at home now, the crowd's into it like, hey, one score, here we go. But give it to the Colts. The Colts played better for a full – even if the Texans won that game, people was, oh, they, they stole it from the Colts. Yeah, that mattered in the playoffs. doesn't really matter in the playoffs. But it would have been nice to come out of there with a W and then go to New England and see where you are at that point. But there were opportunities there. And I, just, I can't wait to play them again. I think it's going to be a fun matchup to take on the Colts uh, when we play them up there. And then obviously – because we got to go – because we go to Kansas City and then to Indianapolis back-to-back weeks. Mahomes and Luck back-to-back weeks. I just, I just oh. don't like that. I don't like that one little bit. Well, I, I nobody's going to like it, but you know as well as I do. I mean, you called games at the University of Miami where Miami, Florida State, loved it, right? Right. No, I mean, you live for it. I mean, I mean, you tell me about that, that game in 2000, and yeah, I, I like hang on every it's single amazing. word. But then there were times where Miami played. Temple. Yeah. And, and back like, when Temple was no good. Yeah. Or yeah. Rutgers when Rutgers was terrible. You're right. No, I, I, you know, I'm just joking about, hey. But I know what you're saying. I want to play Temple now, <laughs> please. But you're right. Every week in this league, it's a challenge. This is what upsets me, though, when people, uh, you went 11-5, but the schedule, hey, you went 11-5 in an NFL year. That's it, unbelievable. Yeah, don't come I mean, out it's not unbelievable, skill. but it's really good. It's good. Remember, second most all-time in the history of this franchise. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of teams that do well in the playoffs, having won 11 games. This team did not last year. They would like to remedy that. Let's see if they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to the point about the NFL schedule, that, that's why I say, look, the schedule's tough because you're facing, you're facing the Chiefs and the Chargers. But as we mentioned, you know, if the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill, they're a tad less dangerous. Yeah, if the Chargers don't have Melvin Gordon, and who knows what's going to happen with that situation, then the Chargers are a little less dangerous. You know so, when you were going over all the quarterbacks? Yeah, you talked about Drew Brees, Nick Foles, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, and then Derek Carr, mm-hmm. and then Foles again. Yes, and then Lamar Jackson. Yes, which is not going to be fun for anybody. I'm no. sorry. You know, you could say what you will. Oh, he needs to throw it better. He's still. 
tough to stop no matter what he's doing. Then Andrew Luck again. Oh, and then Tom Brady, and then whatever the Broncos threw at you right. and Joe Flacco or whoever. And then you got Marcus Mariota. Thank you, Lord. How about <laughs> you mentioned? No, but that's not easy either. Are you kidding? <laughs> On know. the road? I know. Look what happened last year with Blaine Gabbert, then Winston, and then Mariota again to close it out. Now, the Titans by the end of the year, it's possible that it could be a tough year. It could be a tough year for anybody. It could be a right. tough year for this team. But that's what you're kind of hoping, that that ending kick, if you will. Right. You can get a kick if those teams, especially if those teams aren't doing quite as well as they want. But even as we say that, sometimes teams are playing for their jobs or whatever, and they do well. So you never know how it's going to shake out. I just thought it was fun to bring up because I really think that, yeah, it's likely that a 10-6 and or an 11-5 is the record that it's going to take to get this division done for whoever wins it. But I think it's very possible that 9-7 and seven could be the final record if everybody stays relatively healthy throughout the year. Who is the last Texans starting quarterback to beat the Titans in Tennessee? See if you can – little trivia. What year oh my was gosh. it? What year was it? Because it wasn't last year. It wasn't the year before. It wasn't 16 because Brock and Savage. Yep. So in 15 – Who was the starting quarterback that day? Wait, in 15 it was uh, – of course I know this. So it was Yates and then – we, no, Whedon started. Yes. Whedon started because Yates got Whedon, hurt before. Brandon Whedon is the last quarterback to win at Tennessee. Now, we have thumped them every year here since Bill O'Brien's been here. But there – Fitzpatrick beat him in 14. Fitzpatrick beat him in 14, beat him up pretty good. In 15, Whedon beat him up pretty good. Mm-hmm. 16, we mailed it in. 17, we had 13 nobody. was Schaub's last start as a Texan. Last year is inexcusable. Last year, just the more I think about it, there's no reason. There's no no reason to lose that to, game. Have, to have lost that game I know. to them. That and they'll be the first killer. ones to tell you that. Yeah. All right, next up, players going nuts about Madden ratings, and not in a good way. It's coming up along with Trevor Daniel on Texans Radio. It's Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Now, the Madden ratings came out late last week. DeAndre Hopkins, the only offensive player to be rated 99. Three defensive players were rated 99. A lot of stuff on social media. It was a huge week for us on social media in large part because of this last yep. week. And congrats to DeAndre. But, you know, he'll be the first to tell you would rather have a Lombardi trophy. Of course. Yeah. But it's pretty cool because clearly, Johnny, it means a lot to these guys. Oh, yeah. These are young p- players who grew up playing Madden. And your Madden rating, I mean, pro football focus could torch you. But mm-hmm. if Madden does, oh, uh-oh. That's street cred. It it kind of, it is Pro more than PFF. Pro football focus is for like the the nerds. Like, all right, yeah, yeah I guess so. But Madden, it's, it's funny to me. They don't react to PFF much unless it's positive, right? But if it's negative on Madden, they're coming out. Oh, so it's on. I saw a video today, Derwin James, and it was posted by the Chargers. That's beautiful. Derwin James was like, "Hey, end of the year last year, you guys had me at eighty-seven. Now I'm starting this year at eighty-six, and he started <laughs> laughing. And he's like, "You've got my tackling. Like they know." The rating for each, you know, they've got they know their overall rating, but they know each of the the pieces that make up the overall rating. They That's know so what it great. is. Keenan Allen, also the Chargers, saw his rating, and he, I think he's an overall ninety one. I mean, he's he's a pretty salty rating, if I remember. Keenan Allen, uh, eighty nine, just not great. You've got him, I think, probably eleventh, maybe. He's uh, the re- I mean, his receivers are pretty good. D Hop ninety nine, Julio ninety eight, uh, Antonio Brown ninety eight, OBJ ninety six, Michael Thomas ninety five, and then you got a few, and then you got Allen eighty nine. He's like, my short route running skills are a ninety one, and he looks at the camera, 
And then he takes a drink, and then you hear him say, sips tea. So he's doing the whole Kermit the Frog thing, the whole Kermit the Frog meme, as he's doing the video because he's like, my short route running is like tops in the league, and you gave me a 91. It's basically what he's saying. So there's some dudes mad. So I found – I don't know where I found this one, uh, but there was a picture of like four different guys. And one of – the one that stood out to me was Eric Ebron. <laughs> he tweeted today, he's like – I can't say fully what he said, but he he basically said Madden got those bull poop emoji ratings going today. Oh, that's great! <laughs> and so I just I died laughing because these guys are so into it because Madden is street cred. It's street cred to them in some sense. Like, yeah, Madden's got me. You know, Madden got I got this rating on Madden, and it's funny going back and looking at them. There are some guys that you can tell they have. They've sort of grandfathered in. Like Antonio Brown's not a ninety-eight, right? Like he's a good, he's a good player. He's not a he's not a ninety-eight. But it's that's the credibility of him. Like exactly. Like for example, here are the running backs. Todd Gurley's a ninety-seven, even though you don't even know this year what he's going to be health-wise. Right. Ezekiel Elliott's a ninety-four. Huh. So if I said to you, I'm going to give you Antonio Brown, I'm going to give you Ezekiel Elliott on your team right now, who are you taking? I'm taking Zeke all day, every day. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, know, if I have. Running like back the Giants, I'll take Antonio Brown. You know, they have Le'Veon Bell at ninety-two. Ooh, Le'Veon hasn't, hasn't played, played since the end of seventeen. So how can yeah. you make him a ninety-two? Melvin Gordon's a ninety-two. Saquon Barkley's a ninety-one. I'll tell you right now: Todd Gurley, Ezekiel, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon—all great players. I'm not taking one of them over Saquon Barkley. Right. Not one. So they're really kind of a day late on this. It, it feels like some of them are a little bit. Maybe so, Hop is finally getting some recognition for work he's done over the course of his career. I mean, I think there's no doubt that he's, in my mind, he's the best receiver in the league. Now, when you break down certain aspects, individual right. little phases or facets of right. play, you know, maybe there's some other guys in certain categories who might right. fare better, but I think overall it's it's tough to argue against that. Yeah. But maybe he's finally getting some recognition for the backlog of work that he's done as well. Like for example, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the receivers here, and they have the top twenty receivers, and number nineteen is Golden Tate. They have rated an eighty five. Like Golden Tate was a bit part with the Eagles last year. Yeah, that's and name recognition. A bit a bit part, and he's got an eighty five. Deshaun Jackson was released again by the Buccaneers. He's an eighty five. So either way, I thought it was interesting. But how about this? So. Uh, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, okay. Top quarterback, who do you think it is? On Madden. 97 rating. League Mahomes. MVP, league MVP last year, very good. Uh, who's second? League MVP the year before that. And league MVP three other times. Oh, my gosh. Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. 96. I can't even say the name. I know you can't. Mahomes, 97. Brady, 96. Third. Who, do you, who would you say is the third I mean, Best quarterback. The third best quarterback in the league. According to Madden, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one, two, three, four, five. He's sixth. Ooh. He got a 90 rating. Drew Brees. No. He got a 92. He's uh, tied with Andrew Luck for fourth. They're still going. And I'm telling you, you're not going to get it because you won't think this way because I don't think NFL fans think this way. I don't think anybody thinks this and way. When you hear it, you're going, oh, yeah, he's a great quarterback, but third in the league? Russell Wilson. Oh, good guess. He's a 91. He's a 94. At at 94. Jared Goff. Third in the league. No, no, no. Phillip Rivers. Wow. Madden loves them some Phillip Rivers. Mahomes, Brady, and Rivers. 
So if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm doing the math going, well, they think Rivers is the reason Keenan Allen is good. Yeah, exactly. And I think Keenan Allen is really good. I've said this before on this show. I think We're going to Al- see him in week, what, three? Yeah. Three. So, okay, you want to know where your quarterback sits? Yeah, that's what I really want to know. All right, so here we go. Rivers, 94. Andrew Luck, 92. Russell Wilson, 91. Aaron Rodgers, 90. Matt Ryan, 89. Big Ben, 85. Cam, 84. Are you kidding me? Uh, Jared Goff, 83. Baker Mayfield, 83. All right, I'm going to vomit now. Carson Wentz, 82. Uh, don't start. Deshaun Watson, 82. 82. No he had a historic year last year. Uh-huh. Nobody has ever gotten to the numbers that Deshaun got to. 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 500 yards rushing, and six touchdowns. Nobody's ever gotten that in the history of the game. Playing behind an offensive line that was not great, admittedly by all, all parties, did not play very well, and he's an 82. Wow. He's an 82. You know what? If if he's going to be known as a top five guy consistently, mm-hmm. it's just going to have to happen in January. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You'll have to put up the no numbers. Question. You'll have to put up the records. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to do it in January. Well, Philip Rivers proved that, according to Madden, you can do it over a long time yep. and get to a 94. Well, he's got a lot of water under the bridge, right? He's mm-hmm. got two AFC Championship game appearances. So we've seen him in January. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've watched we've been on our couches watching Philip Rivers yes. play in January and sometimes play well. And okay. he did last year. He won a playoff game on the road. Okay. So here are a couple others. So let's get to your Texans. Okay. All right. Let's start with the rookies real fast. Which rookie do you think Madden rated number one? So a guy who's gonna be a rookie this year. Amongst the rookies. Amongst, Amongst the, rookies. the Texans rookies. You know the rookie draft class mm-hmm. and, and others. I say that, and you'll see why. Which Texan rookie got the highest Madden rating? Think water polo. So, Kahali Waring is your highest-rated Madden rookie. rookie. He got a 70 rating. Next, Lonnie was 68. So, Next, Titus Howard, 67. You need to call David Anderson, by the way, and say Waring, yeah, a guy who's never played a down in this I league, know. has a higher rating than he had. Way higher. Fourth on the rookie listing mm-hmm. with a 66. In front of Max Sharping... Xavier Crawford is Johnny Dixon. Wow, they like Johnny Dixon. See, they know what moves the needle. They do. Buckeye. They know. Buckeye, absolutely. You know, and they, exactly Deshaun right. Jackson still doing well in Madden. Le'Veon Bell, who hasn't played in a year. They know what moves the needle. The seventh-ranked rookie is Albert Huggins, defensive lineman from Clemson University. So, they're Ooh. your rookies. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you think were the top five I don't know if you'll get this. The top five Texans. You know number one is Hopkins. You know it's a 99. Right. And you know number two is Watt, 97. Finish. Three, four, and five. Who do you think they are? In no particular order. Okay. Watson's still a top five Texan. Nope. He's not. What? He's not. He's got an 82 rating. Fuller. He's got the same as Deshaun. 82. Neither one. Jonathan Joseph. Nope. Uh, J. Joe's close, though. He's got an 83. Uh, Mc- think, uh, Clowney. Yes. McKinney. No. B-Mac has got an 83. He's with J. Joe. Think running backs. Lamar Miller. Madden's about the only place I've seen where Lamar gets some juice. For good su- for Lamar. And the f- number five, which I think is good. I think this is really good because I think this shows that 
you've got a young player in the secondary that's got an opportunity over the next few years to be a star. Yeah, Justin Reed's in 84. Thanks for the hint. Hopkins, 99. Watt, 97. Clowney, 92. Lamar Miller, 85. Justin Reed, 84. Wow. So that's those are your top five according to Madden. I thought a few that were interesting. The the Watson the Watson Fuller at eighty two, I was like, whoa. They've got the same rating as Deshaun Gibson. Deshaun Gibson's eighty two. Uh I feel like there are a few guys jobbed. I think the biggest one to me is Zach Cunningham. Zach's a seventy six. Like, no way. There's no way. There is no way Zach. Again, I hope they use it as motivation if they don't like it. All right, let's get to this. Trevor Daniel is your putter entering year two as a full-time player for this team. He won the job against Shane Leckler last year in camp, and Johnny and I caught up with him in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Do you not feel like a rookie? Do you feel like a rookie still? you feel like a new guy? Because we were just talking about it off the air here a little bit. I feel like you've been here for a while. What are yeah, your feelings? Yeah, see, I don't, I don't feel like I've been here very long. <laughs> but uh, with the new guys coming in, I, I guess I can see that I'm not a rookie anymore. So mm-hmm. I feel a little better about it. Trevor, we haven't had a chance to talk to you. So let's go back to last year's training camp. Was there a point where you felt like, okay, this is going to end up being my job? Because obviously you and Shane, you know, both are punting very, very well. Um, did you feel at any point like, okay, this? I think I might have this, or was it when you got the final call like, or saw it on social media? How did you know like it was going to be your job? Mm, I mean, I felt I felt very confident in it, um, but I knew it was a competition the whole time, and I knew Shane's a freaking amazing punter, and uh, he, I really had to beat him out, you know. So, but uh, it really didn't happen until I got the call, or you know that I'm the guy. What was that, that really feeling like? In. What was that feeling like when you get the call like, oh my gosh, I'm I, oh my holy smokes, I'm on an NFL team. What was that like getting that call? It was a dream come true. You know, it was something I've been dreaming about since I was a kid. So uh, it, it was just awesome. Well, there you are with a chance to sign maybe numerous places. How did that go down coming here and then being in a battle, if you will, with Shane Leckler? Um, I just saw an opportunity. Um, it just seemed like a good fit for me. So, mm-hmm. and I knew that. Regardless if I made if I became the starting punter or not, that it would be a win for me because I get to learn from somebody like Shane. So right. either way, it was a win. Trevor, as it pertains to college punting versus NFL punting, I'm sure in college your coaches are saying, "Hey, punt it here, punt it deep, punt it this direction, punt it that direction." How different is the actual strategy around what you have to do every time you step back there to punt? How different is that from college to the NFL? Honestly, it's really not that different because the, the ultimate goal is setting up the defense as best as you can. Yeah. So it's really not that different. I mean, there obviously there's some differences, but um, overall, you know, I feel like I try to take the same approach as I did in college and just do my job. What's it like being in practice every day? You guys are off on that other field, three of you together most of the time. Mm-hmm. What are you guys working on? And, and sometimes there appears to be some downtime because I know your <laughs> schedule doesn't really match up with some of the other players. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're over there working. You know, we're trying to um, – we're getting our timing down uh-huh. with the snap hold kick or the, the punts. And um, we're, just, we're just working on little things that just add up to the overall situation. How much do you kick, though, like in the off season or even during the season? You don't want to overwork things, but you have to be ready. So how do you handle that? Yeah, we kick. So right now we're kicking like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, in the season it picks up just a little bit, maybe three times a week. So it's really not It's not too bad on my body. It's almost like pitching. Like a pitcher pitches every five days, but then he's got like a bullpen session. Right. You know, somewhere in between. Is it sort of like that where you're almost like a pitcher in some sense? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the quality work over the quantity, you know? Yeah. 
We had this discussion. Had you ever held for extra points and field goals prior to this year? No. How nerve-wracking is that? Especially with some of the field goals that you had to hold for throughout the year. Yeah. How tough was that? That Honestly, that's what I was most nervous about when I was coming here because yeah. I knew that was a part of the job. Yeah. I didn't have to do that in college. But uh, um, it was a, honestly, it was an easy transition. Um, I got comfortable back there, and I just feel good about it now. Is there one that stands out more than any other to be back there going, okay, nail this one, we win. I mean, Indianapolis, Dallas, yeah. back-to-back, which ones? Both of those, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking that exact same thing when I was back there. I was just looking at Kaimi thinking, like, if he kicks this, you know, we're going to win the game. So um, I just had to kind of calm down my heart rate and just do my job. So for each one of you, from that perspective, who calms down whom? Like, are you talking to him at all? Are y'all talking to each other? Or just it's, here's where I want the spot. You just kind of look at each other and let's do this? Like, yeah. how do you guys handle that? It's just get the spot. I look at him when he's ready. I look at weeks. And we go. How do you get pumped up for the game? A lot of guys listen to music or do whatever. Do you get pumped up or do you have to just sort of keep your wits about you? It's more like golf or something where you have to have this level head. Mm-hmm. I think it's more the level head. I try to um, just kind of go out on the field before the game and just kind of visualize punts and stuff like that. I just I don't try to get pumped up I for can, punting. I can speak to the fact he's the first one on the field. Right. Every time. Like, I'm out there like four hours ahead, and he's the first guy. You're the first guy I see out there every single game. Was it clear I'm going to be a punter in college? I mean, was that yeah. obvious to you, or was there any opportunity to play another position? Uh, I mean, I had some opportunities to play um, tight end for smaller schools, but I decided to punt instead. What was it like? I know the game didn't go the way we wanted it to go in Nashville, but what was it like being on the field before that game, being in your home state playing a pro football game? It was cool. I mean, I think I had – Basically, my whole hometown was there watching, so yeah. it was cool to see some of those people. And, I mean, I grew up kind of watching the Titans, so yeah. being able to play and play against them is pretty cool. All right, Trevor, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate All it. All right, thank you, guys. There's Potter, Trevor, Daniel. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Another one tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Go to HoustonTexans.com for videos, articles, all the info about your football team. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans.